You're listening to Run With The Bulls, a podcast discussing a unique approach to everyday finance with everyday people. Run With The Bulls is sponsored by Mentoro, a financial wellness company. Now, your hosts, author Danny Kofke and the royalty of financial wellness, Whitney Queen. Welcome to Run With The Bulls. My name is Danny Kofke and I'm a motivational mentor with Mentoro. I am joined by the president of Mentoro, Whitney Queen. Hey, Whit. Hey, Danny, and hello to everyone listening. I have to admit I'm a little nervous about today's topic. It can be so confusing, and for that reason, I decided to invite our residential expert, Casey Stegman. Hey, guys. Glad to be on uh, Run With The Bulls today. Yes, yes. So happy to have you on, Casey. Um, so this can be a difficult subject to discuss since there's so much to it. So hopefully, after we are done, you will have a better understanding of this topic. So to begin with, what does investing mean to you, Whitney? That's a great question. Um, I think investing means uh, putting an emphasis on a security, so securing my future by investing in things that I feel like will protect that. Okay, I like that. I like that answer. Uh, to me, it's pretty simple. It is generating a, t- a return on an existing present asset, whether that asset be cash or, or something else. It's, uh, it's taking that asset uh, and figuring out a way to uh, increase the value of that asset. Okay. Yeah, that's a great one too. Um, you know, for me, I think of investing as freedom. Like I look at my retirement account, I kind of call it my freedom fund, right? So one day mm-hmm. when I'm not able to work or don't want to work anymore, I will have the freedom to do what I still want to do. So, you know, I think it's kind of all kind of wrong the same page, but you know, no matter what investing means to you, we have to think there are, de- there are two different types of investments. That's right. That's right, Danny. Um, there's short term and then there's long term. Right. So when you invest for the short term, you want this money available in obviously a short time frame. So it could be for an upcoming wedding or maybe a down payment on a house. On the other hand, long-term investing is saving for things down the road. In fact, when you invest for the long-term, you should not need this money for at least five years. Right. Um, you know, and we know with, with stocks and stuff how it's kind of like a roller coaster ride. So, yeah, if you need it next year, that would be kind of a tricky thing. So uh, since this is the case and it can be such a difficult topic to discuss, we're going to devote two episodes to investing. So in this one, we are going to focus on short-term investing. Remember, if you are making a short-term investment, you are often doing so because you need to have this money at a certain time for a specific reason. Which, uh, what you're referring to is called liquidity, right? Uh, right. Liquidity is, uh, is very important. When uh, a lot of folks uh, are in this situation at, uh, at a point in their life where they want to earn a return on maybe cash that they have, but they're going to need access to that cash uh, in a short period of time. Now that's defined differently for different people, but mm-hmm. uh, maybe it's for a wedding that's a couple of years away, or maybe they're trying to save for a down payment on a house that's... Or like you have a, a son going off to college next year. I have sure. a daughter that's going so yeah. short t- time frame. Right, right. So uh, that time frame matters uh, um, immensely. And I know we're going to talk more in the next episode about long-term investments, but uh, I think the key uh, when you're talking about a short-term cash is risk in return, you know, that, that, that uh, factors in on the long term as well. But uh, what I mean by that is risk. If, if you need access to that cash in a certain amount of time, you don't want to invest in, a, in an asset class that could go down quickly in a short period of time, right? So you need to invest it in a safe, protected, um, you know, whether it's a money market, 
potentially a CD, um, government bonds, things that are almost guaranteed to be there. Guaranteed is a scary word, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, almost guaranteed to be there. And uh, in, in return for that safety, uh, you're going to be sacrificing the amount that you can make on that asset. Uh, so your, your return is going to be a little bit more, uh, uh, I guess, a little smaller, uh, but you're also going to have that safety. So um, it's, uh, again, we'll get into the long term later. Uh, the riskier you get, the, the more return you can increase or you can expect. But, uh, but the bottom line with short term is, is you get that safety and protection because you're going to need the access to that cash, but you're going to sacrifice return. Right. And I like that, that word, the safety. Um, you know, and the safety does come at a cost, like you mentioned. So you won't be able to earn as much in a short term investment compared to a long term one in most cases when it comes to interest. Um, you know, short-term investments are more limited usually than longer-term term ones, but there are some advantages to these types of investments as well. So first, short-term investments usually allow you to have access to that money immediately or in a short period of time, hence the term short-term investment. And then they also tend, like you mentioned, to have little or no risk, so there is somewhat of a minimal downsize, downside. Yeah. So, Danny, I think you did this when you were saving for your first house, right? I did. So um, we've talked about before, but um, I spent my first two years when I was a teacher, we taught overseas in Poland. And I knew, okay, I signed a two-year contract. So we knew, my wife and I, we were going to move home after two years. So we set money aside every single month. Instead of investing in a retirement account, we're like, okay, we did a little bit there, but we also had a separate fund of, okay, this is going to be for down payment on a home when we moved home. So because it was only a two-year contract, I knew, okay, in two years, we're going to want to have access to this money. And we don't want it to like drop 50% of the market took a nosedive. So just placed it in a safe savings account earning at that time probably 0.01% interest. But we weren't worried about earning the interest. We were worried about the safety going back to what Casey was talking about, safety of knowing that money was there. So when we did move home, we had an adequate down payment to put down on a house. That's a great example. Definitely something to learn from. I feel like in our society, short-term investing is uh, probably something that people overlook a good bit because they don't want to put that time and effort into it. And it's not they fun. Just, and it's not fun. I mean, right? it really isn't. It's boring. Like, right. I mean, it's, it's not going to make the news. It's, yep. yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, they think, oh, I want to buy a house now, so I'll just go out and buy a house. They don't <laughs> think, like, they're going to have some problems down the road. So. Right. Yeah, and one of the challenges with, with trying to find uh, an investment vehicle uh, in the short term is there aren't that many right now that are that are returning anything. And so uh, I think the, the primary benefit uh, that we're talking about right now is protection of principal. Uh, that's the biggest thing. Um, you're, you may get a percent, a uh, percent and a half, maybe 2% if you've got a really, uh, uh, maybe at a local credit union, you could get in the money market, but, uh, but by and large, it's protecting the principal. Um, uh, and, and there just aren't a lot of options in this interest rate environment, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So there are a number of short-term things you may want to consider saving for. Coming up next, a few of these examples. Welcome back. While it is very important to save for retirement, we can't forget to save for things that may occur in the short term. One such thing is an emergency. So we usually do not expect something bad to happen, but usually life throws us a curveball. So I referenced this in season one, but um, it, it was a few months ago, my 16 year old uh, daughter was driving to work and then had a little fender bender, right? 
So we had have insurance, obviously, on the automobile, but there's still a deductible that has to be paid. They have to pay the insurance company to take care of the repair. So definitely wasn't planning for that, but so glad had some short-term savings set aside to be able to help with that. Mm-hmm. That's a great example. Another reason to have short-term savings is for repairs. And I can definitely tell you lots of stories about that, but one um, can be quickly summed up in AC went out in the summer. Of course, of never course. the winter. Right. So uh, dead of summer in Atlanta, Georgia, I think hot Atlanta would be a better way to say it. Yeah, no humidity there. Mm, right, know. right. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, thankfully we had a little nest egg set aside so that we could get that replaced and repaired and back on and running so that we didn't absolutely melt. <laughs> yeah. So, Casey. Casey, what about you? Uh, yeah, I, I probably shared this story with you guys at some point, but uh, several years back, and uh, I, I live in Texas, uh, so ACs, uh, this is another AC story, <laughs> um, but uh, we bought a house um, from a couple, this is about six or seven years ago, and they needed a one-week lease back, um, so we closed on the house, and uh, that afternoon, uh, I would say maybe three or four hours after we had closed the house, uh, we get a call uh, from their realtor, and the realtor said, uh, your tenant has requested that you fix their air conditioning. Uh, it has gone out. It was the middle of the summer, and I, and I just laughed, and I said, your tenant? Uh, and at this point, we didn't really even have our uh, homeowner's insurance squared away or right. what have you. Well, as it turns out, the unit was shot. They were holding on for dear life. I have no idea how it passed inspection. But uh, anyhow, so I was faced in a situation where I needed like, I think it was like nine grand um, wow. to, to, to replace the entire unit. Uh, couldn't put it on homeowners, and it was a big mess. So, yeah, there, there's an example for you. Yeah. <laughs> wow, Ugh. that's kind of dirty. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, don't get me started. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh. Yeah, I mean, but it shows, you know, like, and it's it's horrible, but if you drive a car long enough, you will eventually have to replace the brakes. If you live in a house long enough, the roof will leak, right, at some point, or the AC will go out. If you have kids, they'll break something. It could be a bone, a body part, uh, something in the house, probably both, right? So we need to be prepared for these things. And speaking of being prepared, we should also have short-term savings to take advantage of opportunities. So, um, you know, I've told in the past a story publishing my first book, but, you know, years ago I was a, a first grade teacher and I had an idea to write a book. And at this time, way back in 2005, publishing industry was completely different than what it is now. Had a child. My wife was a stay-at-home mom. So had the opportunity, and it was basically like two months of my salary at the time. So a big, big risk to take. We prayed about it, talked about it, and we said, okay, yeah, let's just do it. Well, I mean, that first book led into four other books on TV over 100 times. In fact, I'm sitting here at Mentoro right now hosting a podcast because I was able to take advantage of an opportunity 17 years ago, right? So it's important to have that savings aside as well, whereas if an opportunity does arise that you have some liquid assets, you can say, okay, it's worth the risk in trying to take it on. Completely. That's quite the story. Mm -hmm. Um, Mine's not near as exciting, but, uh, you know, I think one for me and maybe something that a lot of folks have faced, particularly over COVID, is being able to take the opportunity to not work. So if you mm-hmm. needed to not have an income for whatever reason, making sure that you have something there to protect yourself. So when I was moving from New York and was in grad school and was getting married, there were so many things going on. Trying to juggle a job on top of that was too much. So fortunately, I had a little nest egg there that I could step away and 
um, be able to enjoy those other things for what right, they are. Right, and I know Casey as well. I mean, I know when you started with Mentoro, um, it was somewhat of a risk, and I think sure. it, and you were able to do so. So I'll let you kind of jump into that a little bit. But yeah, um, it, it really afforded me um, having that nest egg uh, afforded me the opportunity to, to uh, join what at the time was Merit uh, and create this awesome company, uh, Mentoro, and uh, you know on a shoestring budget and without a lot of compensation involved. Mm-hmm. And so I had the uh, the good fortune of being able to do that uh, because of uh, you know savings and, and having a nest egg. But uh, what you're referring to in terms of investable capital or liquidity is also, I guess, in the in the world of investing, it's called dry powder, right? And mm-hmm. and having dry powder, if an opportunity presents itself, maybe it's a house that's undervalued on the market or in a per, in a perfect area that you've been looking to get into you're able to act on that or mm-hmm. uh, what have you opportunities around, you know, you never know when it's going to come knocking. Right. And if right. you've got dry powder, uh, that, yeah. that, that helps. I think John Wooden said something like when the opportunity arises, it's too late to prepare. Yeah, exactly. Right? So That's I mean, right. like when it's there, if you haven't prepared, it's hard to take advantage. So it's yep. just important. Like we've talked about for, for bad stuff to happen, but also these are good things as well that sure. all of us are together and you know, we're with this great company and building it up because we were able to take advantage of opportunities at some point in life. Very, very true. So finally, we should save for known upcoming non-monthly expenses. Say that five times fast. (laughs) These can also be called budget busters because that is exactly what they will do. These expenses seem to appear at the last minute and the worst times because many have not prepared for them in uh, even though maybe they knew that they were coming, they still just didn't prepare for yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, no matter what calendar I have ever looked at in my life, Christmas comes every December 25th, right? <laughs> it's on every calendar that you see, but many people neglect to prepare for it all throughout the year, right? And then, bam, it gets to be Christmas time. They go into debt, and then, you know, you know what happens, right? The cycle, and actually, uh, in a future episode, we'll discuss it, but Christmas spending leads to what's called Blue Monday, in January, yeah. Black Friday equals Blue Monday. So there you go. Future tease. Yeah. So you can save for known upcoming non-monthly expenses by making them an everyday paycheck expense. The first step is to identify all these types of expenses. Here is a list of those. Casey, you want to go over some of the lists? Well, just, uh, I, I, what you think? Um, I was just going to kind of have another spin on it. It's it's uh, another way to say what we're what we're referring to here is that uh, spending uh, is lumpy sometimes, <laughs> and there's seasonality in, in everything, right? So, uh, if you establish a monthly budget, um, your discretionary spend is not going to be the same in uh, August as it might be in December for obvious right. reasons, right? right. So. Uh, so this is just being proactive and, and uh, finding a way to look at your maybe discretionary spend for the whole year uh, and then smooth that out over the course of 12 months and maybe kick that money back into a separate account. So sure. uh, I would encourage anybody that uh, is interested in doing this uh, to just create a, a discretionary spending account and kick some money into it. Uh, and by the end of the year, you know, based on maybe what your previous year spending was, uh, and then you'll be net net even at the end of the year. Right. And, you know, and I kind of like to break my savings down into subcategories. And I do that with things such as like, once again, Christmas or graduation, college expenses, um, vacations. That's a fun one. Right. So every month what I do is I just kind of say, OK, I would like to have let's just say I wanted twelve hundred dollars by the end of the year you know, for vacation. Well, I do twelve twelve hundred dollars divided by twelve hundred dollars a month. I put in a vacation fund. 
And then, bam, guess what? When it's vacation time, I have $1,200 set aside exactly for it. So it's not going on a credit card. It's not coming out of my regular savings. It's coming out of something that it is already earmarked for. The list could go on forever, right? But the most important thing to remember that these expenses are both known and upcoming. So there should be no surprises. And the great thing is that saving for these expenses is not that difficult. It just takes some discipline to set money aside each and every paycheck. So let's kind of walk through that. Uh, Let's say you plan on spending $1,200 on Christmas gifts Mm -hmm. and activities. If you save $100 a month starting in January, you will have $1,200 by December. Mm -hmm. Pretty simple, pretty easy, right? Think about how nice it would be to have cash for Christmas because the expenses associated with this holiday are saved for in advance. You won't be celebrating or commiserating until the following June when the monthly credit card bill arrives. Right. And, you know, it's just like with a mortgage lender, right? If you have a mortgage, a lot of times you have an escrow. They'll put money aside every single month for taxes and homeowners insurance, right? goes in there, and then they calculate how much it's going to be because that's usually paid once a year. And then it's taken out of your escrow account. So basically, you can kind of think of it as, you know, your, your personal escrow account. So, Casey, do you have any things that you have saved for like that on a, a maybe a monthly thing for, you know, for event during the year? Um, how about every year? Yeah, it okay. seems like there's something every year. I, I don't know that I put back specific money for a, a specific event each year. Just um, like a sludge fund almost for like almost have, every? Yeah. Okay. I, I just like to have a, a, a separate account. For me, it's all psych, psychological. Right? Okay. It's, it's a separate account that's just rainy day fund. It's sure. not necessarily an investment account. It's not a savings account. Right. It's just kind of a slush you know, okay. a, account that I use. Um, and you know, some years better than others, right? Okay. Uh, so, what do you use that the slush money for? What? Just uh, medical expenses. You okay. Know, I had uh, had some medical issues five or six years ago that got really expensive. Uh, okay. Fortunately, I had some cash set aside nice. for that. Um, so that's in addition to what your savings and your investments are. You yes, just have this. Just okay. A, yeah. But see, and that makes it. So you once again, here we are. You know, with, with Matur, we try to tell people work what's best for you. Yeah. You know, for me, I'm more detail oriented, so I have those sub accounts, which is. Mm. Fun. But for Casey. It works best for them. He just has this sludge account that he knows, hey, it can go to anything. So, you know, once again, it works. So you just have to set yourself up for success, whatever method works best for you. Could not agree more. Now that we know some of the short-term expenses we should save for, where should we place this money? When we get back, we'll discuss some ways to invest for the short term. Welcome back. So before the break, we discussed some short-term events we should save for. What types of accounts, though, should we save this money in? I'm curious. Yeah. I mean, that's a great question, Whit. So, you know, we have to go back. Remember, short-term savings are for events that are coming up soon, hence short-term. So we're not concerned with earning a lot of interest, and our primary goal is to ensure the money is there when we need it. So one account you could do this with is a savings account at a bank or a credit union, right? Pretty easy, connects to your checking account. That, that's pretty basic. So these types of accounts usually pay more interest than a normal checking account, um, and, and both are insured, so there's not, you know, there's no risk involved in them, I guess, unless we have like a zombie apocalypse, but then we'll have bigger issues than that. <laughs> Fair enough. Yes. So another way to save for the short term is by investing in actual short-term investments. And that can be pretty in-depth. So Casey, I'm going to kind of kick it to you. Mm -hmm. Can you put all of that in layman's terms? Yeah. So um, I I mentioned earlier in the episode, right now, 
your options are pretty limited if you're looking for a short-term inve investment that will return anything of, of, uh, of any real um, substance, I guess. Um, it, it's, uh, it, you have to think of a couple of things right now. There are two considerations as we talked about. There's preservation of, of capital or principal. Uh, and then there's um, and then there's the the the, the uh, time needed before you need to access mm -hmm. it. So there's the there's the preservation, the safety, and then the and when do you need to access it? Uh, if you need the money in a short term, in the short term, and well, let's call it less than a year or less than two years, that's considered um, a short term uh, investment. And so yeah. uh, you're paying for in the lack of interest rate that access to capital. Um, and then in terms of, of the safety, you're paying for the insurance. So if you go, uh, you put it in a CD that's protected, FDIC insured. If you put it in a, a money market fund that's backed uh, by, you know, government bonds or what have mm -hmm. you, you're, you're going to pay in lack of interest rate or lack of return for that safety and for that access. Right. So, but I would probably add just so we're, you know, saying that so people may be like, oh, gosh, that's horrible. I want to earn interest. But you're saving because let's go back to our cases when you needed a new air conditioner. If you didn't have that money, what's going to happen? Bam, it goes on a credit card, and you're paying 18 to 24% interest. Right. So even if you're only earning .001, don't look at it like that. You can almost look at it like I'm actually saving potentially 20% interest right. because I won't be putting it on a credit card. It's a very good way to look at it. And, uh, and you know, it, it's, it's about your mindset. It's about your expectations. Um, if you can earn 2% uh, on money that you need in a year, uh, it, it's as you point out, Danny. It's better than paying twenty percent on a credit card, uh, and it you know it, it goes up and down as interest the interest rate environment ebbs and flows, and as the fund uh, the Fed raises the federal funds rate, uh, you can start to earn more in savings accounts and, and money market funds, uh, just as you can get a uh, your, your interest rate on your mortgage may go higher uh, because you're borrowing money, and that's the the fund. Fed funds rate is what they um, they set that that right. rate. To. I mean, I think I remember when I moved to Georgia, it was I think oh six oh seven CDs were paying at that time like five yeah, percent. So sure. I mean, you could make some money off of that. Yeah, and it's you get that uh, that guaranteed principal and mm -hmm. and uh, yeah. So there, but that's speaking historically. If right. you look at right now, I think the CD rates are less than a percent. Right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, and then that uh, they have durations. You have they have three month, six month, nine month, twelve month, three year CDs. So right. there's there's uh, time you know again that you need that cash is uh, is important but um, my suggestion to people who are listening who are looking for uh, to put money away uh, but may need it for something in the short run is just don't worry as much about your return at this moment uh, it's more about protection of principle um, in another interest rate environment you may have some various options that you can pursue but I would stick with a, a CD that is uh, backed by uh, backed federally guaranteed mm -hmm. or uh, a short-term government bond, which again, isn't going to return a lot, but your money will be there and uh, when you need it. Right. And I think to sum it all up, short-term is safety. Um, and, you know, we're going to have another episode where we discuss long-term investing and that's where we're going to get into, okay, we're trying to earn as much interest as possible because that's going to be down the line for our future for one day when we retire. But yeah, I mean, we've summed it up, I think, great in this show of just Short-term is for those things that do come up, whether it's the known expenses or those unknown things that, you know, just happen, like an AC going out on the hottest day or whatever it may be. I'm sure we've all had other crazy things happen. So, um, so really, to sum it up, that really wasn't too bad. I know we can make it complicated in all types of investing, but it, it wasn't too tough. Um, and remember, anytime you're considering investing, you should consult with a financial professional 
to go over all of the implications of your investment. Whitney, thanks as always for taking the time to talk. Casey, thank you for joining us and sharing your knowledge. And thank you for listening. Catch us next time as we run with the bulls. Run with the Bulls is sponsored by Mentoro and hosted by Danny Kofke and Whitney Queen. Learn more by visiting mentorogroup.com.